God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. Jesus cleansing the temple. It's a story we've all heard, we've all known. We've seen the pictures in our Sunday school Bible books. Section of scripture that expands my understanding about 
what Jesus is upset about with what he sees and what Jesus, the attributes of what Jesus is offering as a replacement to the temple in himself, is when Jesus says, take these things out of here and stop making my father's house a marketplace. Because here Jesus seems to be paraphrasing um, from the very end of the book of Zechariah 14 and 20. Don't look it up. Look, look at it later. It's not a very big book. Now, the book of Zechariah, um, I should be Harry to read it because it has that, that Old Testament God tone. The whole book, it's a vision that Zechariah has. And God is very unhappy with the people in Zechariah. Really, really unhappy. And he lists all the things that God's not happy with. This is Paul Zechariah, who said, deliver this message to the people. And it also has a vision of how God will correct the people. And God's correction in the book of Zechariah that is seen is gory and punitive. So what Zechariah says is that God's going to use the, this prophecy says God's going to use the nations around you, Israel, and going to punish you for the people you've become. He has this vision of all the nations of the world riding on the doorstep of Jerusalem and it's just terrible, it's a siege but at the end God in this vision basically says okay enough and directly intervenes and delivers the people right this wrecked remnant of people who have been under siege by these outside guys he delivers them to a brand new thing it's the reboot, it's the restart And at the end of that book, chapter 14, around these verses 20, 21, this is the, the reward we've got that in the vision, the reward that Zechariah holds up for the people if they, you know, um, fly right. They turn from their wickedness. And it's really interesting, and it's for the righteous. The righteousness read the reward of this brand new thing, the temple that God is building in Zechariah. And the interesting thing is, is the righteous now includes not only Israel, but all those that were the agents of God's punishment of Israel. All who survive of the nations that have come against Israel shall go up year after year to worship the king, the Lord God of hosts. So the new thing is open. It's no longer the people that heard the message at Sinai. Open. And even more than that, it goes on in the section of scripture, and it's not how you interact with God gets thrown wide open too. There's not one way, as was delivered at Sinai and later on with Leviticus numbers. There's more than ways, more than one way now to deal with God, and there's certainly more than one place. Because in Zechariah's vision, God says, in every pot, in every house. It's now suitable for cooking up the sacrifice food. Every meal becomes a holy thing God participates in, the people can participate in. Every pot, not just the sacred silver vessels, but every single one. So who are the people of God? Who can be there in Zechariah's vision is thrown wide open? And how and what you do and where you do it, that's also thrown wide open 
and Zechariah's vision. Then that's what Jesus is taking his vision to. And so, in our gospel reading, Jesus arrives in the temple 500 years ish after Zechariah's prophetic message. And he finds in the outer court a marketplace. Temple traders selling live animals and money changes. Sounds terrible. That's called ATM now. <laughs> right? And those animals have to be there. Have to be there. Because if you're following the way temple is, the rules that have been handed down, and you're there as a pious person, some of the things you do require some animal. Right? So if the animals aren't there, you can't do temple. The animals are necessary to participate in the rituals that the law requires. But there's something wrong with that, the way that it's happening now. Because the commercialization of it, right, means that the poor are excluded. Right? There's yet another barrier for your participation and coming close to God because if you can't afford to buy the dove, and the dove itself is what the poor people got to do because they couldn't afford to buy the intact male lamb. Right? If you can't afford to buy it, you can't come. Right? If you can't have black shiny shoes, you can't come. Participation is now determined in that model by money and not faith. So Jesus shuts it down, he drives it all down. So when that temple is when that temple court is empty of animals and money changes, guess what? No one can do temple. Unless you had money in your pocket and you bought your own. No one can do it. That's why the people who are there go, well, if we can't do this, what's your justification for doing this? Now none of us can do it. And Jesus' answer is, we're not doing it this way. Destroy it, new one. Because underlying this is this idea in Zechariah that the temple, which is the place where people meet God, should be open to all. All people, and regard, and, and it's, there shouldn't be limitations because of money. There shouldn't be limitations because we have practices and traditions and functions that exclude people. That's what Jesus is saying. This new temple in the body of Jesus points towards a temple where there is a universality of membership and practice through Jesus. That's the new temple. We're the inheritors of the new temple. This is supposed to be what we do like that temple. So how do you meet God in this new temple? Remember the voice of the writer of the Gospel of John? He was speaking of the temple of his body. The old temple. Gone. Supplanted by the new one. 
But it's still a place where people are supposed to be able to come and meet God. And the old temple people came and they participated in outward and physical actions that expressed their intentions towards God and confirmed God's intentions towards them. The temple, the old one, was a place where people came and offered appropriate sacrifices to God to bring repentance or thanksgiving. And they marked that by offering what the Lord demanded in sacrifice and their offering was acknowledged by, on behalf of God by a priestly blessing so we knew that we'd done what we needed to do to know that our hearts had changed. That's what the temple did. So how do you participate in the new temple when the temple is the body of Jesus. What outward and physical actions do we participate in that express our repentance, that express our thanksgiving to God, that express our sense of belonging as the people of God? Well, those are some of the questions that we'll explore next week. Uh, and in the week following that, as we go through two sessions that look at the Eucharist. So I'll be taking a session on that following the Anacop service and following the Tenacop service that will be going next week and the week after and that's exactly what we need to understand because that is what we do. In Eucharist, this is a line out of what's coming. This is a, a spoiler. Believe it or not, this, what we do together, Eucharist, manifest people in the Christian tradition. Buildings don't manifest people. Robes don't manifest people. Silverware does not manifest people. That is not where you meet God. Eucharist manifest him. The Lord is here. God's Spirit is with us. And then, we who are many become one body because we all share it.